You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again for another Physics Ed Podcast. Hey, glad you have again for another chat around science and STEM and all that sort of thing. And this week, it is no different. We are talking with Margaret Croucher, which if you've been in New South Wales high schools, you just might have come across Margaret before. You see, she is the chair of the Association of Science Education Technicians in New South Wales. She's a labby at heart, and she's been doing lab tech work for over 30 years in supporting schools right across New South Wales and beyond through the Council with the Science Education Technicians Australia heavily experienced, highly experienced when it comes to helping teachers and students. And this week we do talk about just what it's like to do that. We talk about safety aspects when it comes to classroom management and classroom science experiments. We talk about the differences between, well, virtual dissections versus real dissections, what works, what doesn't, and how to sort of do it, you know, ethically and all that sort of thing. We also talk about what it's like working as a lab tech in the different states across Australia and in the different types of schools, public versus private and everything in between. You see, she gets to speak with lots of labbies and she really gets to talk about what it's like in, on the ground and what it's like trying to support education in its purest in a science classroom. So uh, a lot to talk about. And by the way, this recording was done back in term two of 2020. It was really, really flat, flat out. I've been, I've been trying to deal with a big backlog of interviews, but we are definitely getting through. And Margaret is a fantastic guest and also a good friend of physics. We've been uh, working with uh, the Asset New South Wales for a number of years, and I'm very proud to be one of the ambassadors for Asset New South Wales. They do a fantastic job supporting labbies all over New South Wales. And uh, I really was uh, yeah, it's quite stoked to talk with Margaret. So uh, let's get right into it. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Um, yeah, it's still a bit quiet at school because we've only had year 12 back last week and this week. And they're staggering the rest of the, the school um, from this week and the same next week. And I don't know what's going to happen after that. Yes, so there's been... Yeah, like Sorry? I, I was just thinking there's, there's quite a bit of a challenge with year 12. I mean, they've got, you know, they actually have formal studies to do for got, investigations. Yeah, they've they got their pracs to do. Yeah, so some, some of the year 12 stuff is assess um, like not hands-on assessment based, but research assessment based. So that's not too bad. Um, we've only got one physics, bio and chemistry in year 12. Um, next year, or this year in year 11, we've got three bio classes, uh, one physics, one chemistry, and one, one of the new subjects is investigating science, which has been a bit of a nightmare, but because they've got to do individual um, individual assessments, but thankfully they've been working in groups. So it's a bit of a, when, when it's a big class of about 26, we just don't have the resources to do it all individually. All right. And so, um, I mean, with the kids doing their investigation by themselves, I mean, the is it the resources on hand? I mean, what, what sort of investigation are they are hoping to actually do um, that makes it such a, you know, a, a challenge? Um, so there's, 
some of the groups are doing like physics, but because investigating science covers the three big um, topics, you know, physics, chemistry, bio. But the kids, it's it's a bit like senior science, you know, it's sort of covered, it covered all of all of science, not just one particular area of it. So we've had kids doing growing. Um, you know, I've been making agar plates and they've been putting them in different areas of the school and they've been um, riding up what's <laughs> what's grown and, you know. The other thing is too, they've been using risk assess, so getting familiar with that, like knowing what what the risks are in whatever the equipment is they're using. Okay, it's um, we're, we're how do the kids go with that? I mean, risk assessment is a thing that adults sometimes struggle with. I mean, if the kids are getting into that, that's just a really good thing to get into, really. I, I think it's, once you know, once you've got the gist of it, it's just so easy because it puts the onus back on, like we use it for teachers. We've had, a, um, we've had the student uh, trial of it for that period that the, the kids were doing the investigating science. But we're, we're, we're looking at buying it for the whole school right. once this is all over. It's, it's a, I mean, that's definitely a, quite a rollout. I mean, I mean, is it hard for them to learn that platform? No, no. Have, are you familiar with risk assessment? No, I haven't actually um, come across it. And I mean, we have to do our own risk assessments because I'm an external to a school these days. I mean, think that the world's changed as I was at school. Um, I mean, it's a, that environment itself, it, um, I mean, if you to ro roll it out, I mean, I was just sort of just trying to picture how the students interact with it and how the teachers interact with it and how the lab techs interact with it. Okay, well, just say, for example, a teacher writes a risk assessment for a, for a prac and at least every piece of equipment that they need, you know, whether it's like say Bunsen burner, wire gauze, beaker, um, matches, um, they're going to they're going to use copper sulfate, and what what strength, and um, they they type all that in. They type in the name of the uh, the experiment or send send a reference where where it can be found. Um, the teacher who wrote it, or who who wrote like the author of the book that it's come out of, the teacher, what what day, what period, or periods they want it, hit um, hit the send button, and it prints out the risks for every bit of that equipment and chemicals that they've they've asked for. Oh, that'd be really handy because I mean some of the un sometimes unpredicted, especially for a, for a student trying to work out what the risks are for you know, copper sulfate or whatever, they may yeah. not always pick it. So even even something like a ruler. Well, it's right. You know, like the risk of using a ruler, um, oh, it might make you laugh, but it can be used as a as a sword, you know, like not a sharp sword, but, you know. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. We have to deal with the risk assessments because we have to submit it to places before we get to go there. And... Uh, I've had to eventually have an all-encompassing all line, which is sort of miscellaneous misuse occasioning harm. <laughs> it's hard to say what yeah. it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. So I should put you in touch with um, Philip Crisp, who who wrote the program, and he might he might 
be agreeable to giving you a two-week trial of it and you can see what it's all about. Oh, gosh. We, uh, we'll tell you what, we'll have to uh, let people know exactly how to do this. I mean, what I love about these chats is we never know what rabbit hole we go down. And this risks thing is seriously a, a genuine thing because, I mean, as educators, irrespective of whether you're a formal educator or an informal educator, we have risks to manage no matter where you are. And um, having a platform like that would be very, very handy. Is that really, is that something that's available for high schools or is it available for lots of places? It's available, uh, mainly schools, high schools, primary schools. With the student one, the student writes the risk assessment, sends it to the teacher who signs off on it, and then the teacher sends it to the lab technician. Now there's there's three areas of risk, low, low, medium, high. The teacher might put that it's a medium risk, bearing in mind the class that it's going to, or it could be low risk. Um, the risk for the lab technician is usually low because we're not doing the experiment and then if it's a high risk it's got to be signed off by um, it's got to be higher than the um, the coordinator so the principal would have to sort of sign off on it so over the years i mean the world has changed certainly many people listening in will think you know what i remember back in the 70s i used to do this <laughs> it's sort of i mean uh -huh. i mean the landscape has changed i mean what it, i mean if you compare, I mean, what's happening in the 2020s compared to, uh, let's just say, 20 years ago, do you feel there's been much of a change in terms of what you can do and can't do, or has it really not mattered too much? Like, what have you seen? Um, there has been a lot of changes. Um, well, naturally, the curriculum's changed in that time as well. Well, that's right. I mean, the, um, I mean, the requirements on certain first-hand investigations have totally <laughs> they they definitely have changed. I mean, I know a lot of people. And the sorry, and the sorry, I was going to say the chemicals. The um, the oh, what do they call the class of the chemicals have changed too. That makes it difficult, especially if you're operating with a large, uh, uh, you know, stock of a not not just equipment, but you know, reagents and all the different forms, and just even just knowing what you've even got on stock. I mean, you've got to keep. I mean, I always hear these stories where you rock up to a school and um, they go, oh, we haven't quite finished this stuff off yet. <laughs> you go, what uh -huh. stuff do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you familiar with the chemical safety in schools package? Yes, we actually the use that for sure. Yes, yeah, CSIS, we actually yep. do. Um, it's a very it's a New South Wales uh, 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 document, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that, that tells you um, with a chemical and the... Um, the strength, what year groups can use it, and whether it's teacher only use or whether it's the black dot, whether it's been banned. Well, Philip Philip Crisp, who he's, has written Risk Assess, Philip was one of the um, the writers of CSIS. Mm -hmm. So when um, when a when a risk assessment is done. Again, it tells you what um, what year groups can use that the chemical of that strength. Ben, you'll you'll just yeah. have to you have to have a get a trial of it. No, I have to, I have to check that out because it sounds. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I mean, a lot of ways. I mean, sometimes. I mean, often, especially in this podcast, we talk often about all the you know, the various engagement tools and things from the student point of view, and they are very valid. But at the same point, there's always a heart, the bedrock of it still around the safety. And 
as much as a database may not be the most wild thing to talk about, when you think about it, I'm thinking about how much time that thing saves. I mean, just I mean, even just looking through, I mean, for example, I do know the CSIS documents quite well. I've got the folders, the old folders before we went yeah. to DVD. They're still sitting on the shelf somewhere. Um, just wading through that takes so much time, and that's really a commodity no educator has. No, it, yes. it's, it's great. Uh, so so you, you're heavily involved with Asset New South Wales. Uh, maybe, yes. Tell, tell us a bit about what that's all about. Well, it's the State Association for Lab Technicians. It's um, ASET, Association of Science Education Technicians, New South Wales. And it's open for lab technicians working in schools and universities, should they so desire to join the association. We've only been going since 2011. Um, New South Wales was the only state that didn't have its own association. We sort of, I, I was on, on um, Stanislaw for four years as a lab technician rep, so whenever they had any conferences, um, we had, you know, we got the lab techs involved in that. So it just came to the point where, okay, let's get our own association going. Back in 2010, when Canasta was in Sydney, or prior to that, um, they were talking about getting a, um, I can't think, not an associate, not an association. Well, it, it actually it was. We wanted a national association, and as I said, because New South Wales was the only state that didn't have their own association. So the national association is called CETA, S-E-T-A, which is Science Education Technicians Australia, and its membership is made up of each state association with two delegates per state with one voting right and we meet every year at Canasta for our AGM and that's not going to happen this year because Canberra got cancelled so we'll still have our AGM but it'll be by teleconference or a Zoom however we deal with it. So it's um, we've got as, as an offshoot of that we've developed national standards for the lab technicians. It's been accepted and signed off by ASTA. So um, we're asking our state science teachers associations to sort of, you know, sign off on it. But because ASTA is above them, um, it's sort of all systems go. But where, where it goes from, from here, it's, because each, each education sector has got different pay, pay scales. Yeah. So it's just finding, finding the right level to, um, to um, make it sort of across the board pay, pay scales, but as you would be aware, in each education sector, the 
lab technicians, some like I know this independent and the Catholic system, you've got to have some sort of training. Whereas in the state system, they can move you from the office to science without any formal training. Right. That'd be somewhat challenging. Yeah. This is lab technician. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's three there's three um, scales of lab technicians. There's your basic lab technician who works under a maybe a a senior technician who then works under a, a lab manager. So that's that's been toing and froing since two thousand and ten basically. There was in two thousand and eight there was a survey that was financed by Edith Cowan University in WA and a lot of schools weren't allowed to participate. So as a result of that survey, which the results came out in two thousand and nine, we had a <coughs> we had a um Oh, I suppose um, a, a meeting of all all states and people involved in the different education sectors, but I don't think much has sort of come of that. But at least we've signed off on the the national standards. One other thing, and I'm not sure whether you're aware of this, um, a program called Science Assist. Yes, I do know about that one. Yeah, um, which has been, it's a great resource. Um, when it was first funded, there was a lab technician and a teacher in each state responsible for the running of it and un under the umbrella of ASTA. <clears throat> but now, um, when funding sort of dried up and they've, they've only been getting funding for 12 months at a time, so that's been reduced to sort of one person to answer the questions and it's a lot, a lot of people, like I mean we're spreading the word about it, but it's mainly used by the lab technicians. You're right, so this is assist.asta.edu.au, yeah? Science Assist, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because it's it's... I mean, there is a wealth of knowledge that lab techs have. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it kind of, in, in, excuse, excuse me if I get the analogy wrong, but it reminds me of what happens when you go into the hospital and you've got all these different types of, you know, clinicians in different ways. And it really comes down to the, the, the heart and soul of the, of the hospital often is the nurses and the people. And, you know, the, you know, the, the, the people actually really get all the stuff together and make it happen, look after the people directly. It is just just as important, and I mean, I've seen a lot of high schools where lab technicians straight up are the go-to people who have been around there for thirty years and just know so much information um, that can help, especially uh, beginning teachers for sure. Yeah, one of, one of our teachers um, left a couple of years ago, and in her farewell speech, she thanked—I <laughs> don't want to sound big-headed—but she thanked me and said that I was the backbone of the science department. So that sort of, I thought, well, you know, you're there to guide, you're there to guide the teachers. If you if you think that an experimental work, great. If you know 
a simpler way that'll get the same results. I mean, I, I've been doing this job, this is my 33rd year, and whenever I go to conferences or PD days, if I bring back one new idea, it's been worth it. I have to ask you, so knowing that, I mean, it's, it's always hard to pinpoint which, which year which ideas you know grab your brain and oh my gosh that's just awesome <laughs> they keep changing every year because new stuff comes out i mean what have you seen in the last couple of years you thought you know what i wish this was around 15 years ago or what whatever you know you know how i mean i know uh recently at the asset conference i was, I was eyeing off those merge cubes <laughs> going on. those things are really cool i mean i was trying to work out what i was going to do with them but it's there is things come out all the time that are used either in, you know, whether it's you know, pure pedagogy, pure, I'm going to teach this way, or it's a funky, cool science thing that might teach a concept. I mean, what have you seen out there going, you know what, that's just awesome. It's been the last couple of years. Um, like making ice cream with some... Um, oh, liquid nitrogen. Yeah. 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 Did, did that up in, up in Darwin last year that was that was fantastic and as a result we've we've done that with science club or, and um <clears throat> just demonstrated at you know open open night open day <clears throat> the other the other another idea is um um chemical like burning a chemical to get the color flame yep. just doing it either on a either in a beaker or a evaporating um dish except what did margaret do one day the couldn't she couldn't was open night she couldn't see the couldn't see the flame and nearly nearly got burnt oh. anyway no that, that had, had a happy so ending <laughs> no, no, sometimes they don't and actually um i know that uh a number of chemical societies around the planet <laughs> not just one lots have talked about you know you know the, the, there's a cool teacher demonstration, especially the ones that are done by celebrity teachers or celebrity science presenters, and then they're repeated, but then someone's missed a step, often out of enthusiasm, yeah. and then it goes bad. Like, mm. I know, I know you get a lot of oohs and ahs at you know your shows at the when you come around to the schools. <clears throat> yeah, it's and that, the thing is though, as much as that's the case, I mean, we always always say with the kids. Um, and also the educators like you know there's actually a bit of time and spent training <laughs> in these things it's not just the whiz bang fireball goes up and it's all okay like there's often there's time there are, there have been times actually where we've gone actually no we really can't do this experiment and the reason why is you no. know, there might be a big wind draft going straight down the hallway into where you're about to run a thing and now that's going to you know pull a flame across where it shouldn't ever go uh mm. so it's usually that stop and think or, or using or using potassium permanganate to do the the volcano experiment <laughs> yeah well uh, that's a thing i mean that one there that's a no-no exactly <laughs> it's, it's, and the thing is that and a lot of sorry a lot of schools have got um speckle ceilings as a result of it <laughs> well that's right and i mean it's it's kind of a uh yeah keep up to date and actually that's where the lab is 100 can support you because i mean your role is very much to know what should be in a school what shouldn't be and what not to put with what <laughs> yeah. yeah can i can i can i tell you a funny story please <laughs> well that wasn't funny at the time at a previous school i worked at i used to breed the rats for dissection yep. and this particular i think it was a monday morning i sort of um i i raced in 
got to school early to um, use chloroform on the rats and I tied them up because I found that if you put a tack through the you know the arms and legs it didn't hold so I just had a board with four nails and I used to tie them up like crucify them and um, I, I just happened to be in the lab when when the class year 10 was doing the dissection and one of the students said um, oh sir is its heart still supposed to be beating and he went oh oh <laughs> no quick <laughs> oh wow. yeah that was it but the first the first time um, I chloroformed a rat I put it in a um, in a big big bucket big metal bucket you know the probably a 40 litre old paint paint in put put some chloroform on a wad of cotton wool put it in the bottom drop the rat in put the lid on and I could hear this up the side of the up the side of the, the tin and I I sort of pulled the the lid away and here's the rat if you can imagine sort of staring up and I went Oh my God, it's not it's not dead. So I poured some more chloroform in, but it was it really was dead. So, so oh, well, the, the first time you do anything is probably the worst. Well, it's the thing is that I know these days, especially there are virtual dissections to help with. Uh, I mean, yeah. for for places for that. I also know there are suppliers. I mean, I'm going to give a bit of a shout out to a past guest uh, from Dissection Connection that will yeah. get these things to you from an ethical source. Um, yeah. It's a challenging one, isn't it? And especially, I mean, certainly years ago, those, that just wasn't around. That's right. But everything, you know, there's so much virtual stuff these days. Mm. How do you find is like, I mean, especially with the virtual stuff, I mean, 100%, the connection for students between the real and the screen, I mean, I mean, there's something you said, like you get, a, you know, for example, a cow's heart and you know to actually measure the volume of the heart by putting liquid inside the heart and all that sort of thing i mean it's gross it goes everywhere but kids will you know, they they've got that weird fascination with that all going on i mean they can learn it on a screen but i kind of wonder i mean i mean i learn off you know screen and diagrams actually more diagrams because i'm old enough to do it you know black line master type things that have been printed out Seeing the real thing versus what was a 2D diagram, there's something to be said with the actual real thing and seeing where the aorta comes in and the vena carvers and all the rest. You just don't get that on a screen, really. It's all really no, very, very no. Nice. You get, you get, well, most of the kids are okay with it. You get the ones that are squeamish. Yeah. So you just say, just go and sit down outside, you know. <laughs> Man yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens too. I mean, admittedly, though, there are amazing 3D models these days produced by a variety of different suppliers that, you know, people can, you know, interact with and they can watch a beat. And I'm going to be focusing on hearts right now. But you're right. Um, I mean, the, the classic uh, dissections can, well, it's nearly always someone goes a little bit paler. <laughs> it just happens. Yeah. But I but I think the, the virtual, um, the virtual ones are, probably just as good because I think it shows you more. So it's kind of like, so do you reckon that if you have, so you got the virtual ones, because they do, you can sort of, you know, go by layer, you can strip back the things and see whatever's inside it. Um, uh, do you see often people pairing it together? So having a virtual, so having a virtual thing on a screen or whether it's done by what, you know, projector or whatever, and people dealing with the real thing in their hands and following along? So that would work. 
No, they're 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 good with it. Yeah. It does, and it does it does work. Seeing the real thing um, is sort of they do that. If you do that first and then do the virtual thing, the kids think, oh yeah, that was such and such and such and such. But we've been doing the last couple of years um, dissecting a piglet. Oh yeah. And I mean that can be shown like we only get the one piglet and you know cover it up put it in the fridge to the next class wants it so that gives them a different perspective of where everything is inside rather than just putting a heart in front of them or a kidney yeah. and the same with the pluck um, that's usually done as a teacher demonstration but because the abattoirs you know they usually cut the cut one of the you know the the airways or the same with the heart you don't always get a um they yeah in the abattoirs they cut they put a cut in it so that i don't know what their reason is and and a lot of a lot of butchers won't won't sell sell you the the offal um i go to a meat distributor but again they've they they're they get their meat from the country, so they they don't know what's actually going to arrive until it turns up. Sounds like you're forever uh, just sourcing resources from everywhere. I mean, you're uh, imagine your uh, bookmarks in your uh, your browsers or you know, your your books filled with just this supplier does this thing. <laughs> you must have a lot of that. I do. You should see all the books I've got in my prep room. Just a recent one. I was I was home last Thursday. And I watched the 12 o'clock news on Channel 2. And straight afterwards, the Catalyst program on asteroid hunters. And I just sat and watched. I went, God, this is amazing. It's an Australian-based, um, well, Catalyst is Australian-based. And I'm sitting, the, the postman had just been, and I'm sitting madly taking notes on the back of an envelope. <laughs> and I... After the show was over, I transcribed it into a book so that it was in some sort of order. And just all the context and the contacts from it. Um, and there was a resource that I sort of shared with my science department and I had a couple of the booklets printed off about meteors, asteroids, meteorites and, you know, what's in them and how they're formed. And it was just amazing. So... Everyone's, everyone said, oh, great, you know, we can use this. And then again from Canasta, there's, are you familiar with WASP, W-A-S-P? I feel like I know it, but I have, oh, <coughs> it's no. a, it's a WA, It's a WA company and they've got all these resources in there as well for the different year groups and the different topics and and also on awesome, on Facebook, awesome New South Wales science teachers, you know, there's a lot of sharing goes on there and the physics, the physics teachers one as well. Yeah, and that's the thing, the beauty about this now is with the networks, you totally can just reach out to all sorts of people from all sorts of ways. I mean, do you connect much with people out, outside of Australia? Um, I, I belong to a, a UK um, Labby's Facebook group. They they do a lot of things different to us that's in their curriculum, like equipment that they show pictures of. You think, God, that was around when Adam was a lad. 
never ever seen it. Well, it's funny, you know, like, I mean, I, I mean, I can actually can call, recall right now, I can imagine, I can picture the room. I remember going into a prac room at a high school, oh gosh, it must've been a couple of years ago. And they had these, I think they're the vacuum pumps from the fifties. <laughs> they were, yeah. and all that, you could see what they were. And I asked them, so are you guys using this equipment? They go, oh yeah, some of us do, but some of us don't know what to do with it yet. And so it's just <laughs> a matter of like, you know, actually turning the things on and working them out. But you're right. There's, a, there's sometimes old equipment. You know, sometimes they just do a great job. But at the same point, every system's different, and no, it's cool that they're sharing those sort of things. Yeah. And as I said, any anything I I find at conferences and that I I share with with my um, my faculty, and I also share it out with. Um, there's a a website called ChemTalk. That's an Australian wide. Um, I don't know, web, website that's sponsored by Lab Supply. And, you know, like people people are asking questions and, you know, the silly question is the one that you don't ask. And it's helped helped a lot of people. So, as again, anything that I, I feel might be useful, I, I post on there and if it helps one or two people, well, that's good. And that's the thing. And sometimes um, just having people have a chance to actually unload about some of the information they've got. It's amazing what people actually have. Um, and that's why, honestly, I mean, this is a thing like uh, someone asked me once, you know, where, where did this podcast come from? And I was, it was just, honestly, a couple of years ago, just running a professional development program for some teachers. And someone just said, can I just hear from people who do stuff? I mean, we, we said, well, sure, <laughs> totally can. And we've learned so much. And the beauty about things is, I mean, I, mean, I living podcasts as well as other things, but this as a reference tool, you can go back to it and go, Oh yeah, I remember this chat and, or, you know, or you can go to a conference and you, you and that's why you've got all those books in your site. You've got these things hanging around that you go and check out because you can visualize what, what the page looks like or whatever it was. You just got to find it. Actually indexing your information is probably half the thing. I mean, I must, I personally, uh, for experiments, I use a lot of Pinterest. Pinterest is very handy for me. Um, just because just okay. visually I just go, this is, this is really handy. It's, kind of cool but everyone's got their own different ways so how do you sort of in your head uh go right so i remember seeing this experiment you know 26 years ago <laughs> whatever it is um i mean you just you intimately know it or do you have like a cataloging system how do you deal with it um usually you remember things and every now and again i find a book and i went oh oh yeah i forgot about that so that sort of comes to the top and I, I photocopy and just keep it in a keep it in a folder. When I when I first started off being a being a labby, I you know, after eighteen years in <laughs> insurance and banking, um, and not having any I I I I was into my second year of TAFE training, that's right. And I made friends with a girl at um at another an old well, an older lady at another school and between us she shared her her prac book you know like how to make up you know like different chemicals and um, uh, tips and that so I, I she was agreeable to me photocopying it and made a few copies for you know for people that were sort of new to the job and and I, I refer back to that quite often you know, there's highlights and there's there's notes. 
and the same with our textbooks. Um, a lot of a lot of things get left off tracks in textbooks. So, or it should be they, they've used the wrong chemicals. So, if a teacher gives me a risk assess for a certain prac, I just go to the textbook and and then I see my notes that I've made in in pencil. Oh yeah, you know, don't use that. Got to use this. And it's as I said, there's there's a lot of stuff that's probably I've forgotten about, but there's a lot of stuff that you do remember, mm, and you do it you do it without thinking, like someone says I want 0.1 molar HCL and you just, you know, you go and you grab it and you just make it up. Yep. Oh, not quite muscle memory, but certainly there. I mean, I, I, I guarantee you've made a lot of mol um, done, done a lot of mole equations. I bet you that that's for sure. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, it's it. But as I said, it's, it's a job where you're always learning something new. Yeah. And that's a well, fun part. I, that's how I find it. You get you get a lot of people that they they come in at nine, they leave at three, and that's it. They don't they don't go to any PD, they don't go to any conferences. They just they're just there to do a job. Yep. And I think you know I feel sorry for you because you're not you're not learning, and and a lot of our learning comes from networking as well. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's what, what the old saying is that you. you um, the smartest people in the room should not be you. <laughs> it's usually you, you pop pop in and just listen to everyone. It's usually the best thing. It's so so important. Um, now, I was just actually wondering. I mean, uh, if you had a bunch of people, just say you, you had a, a whole bunch of brand new lab technicians in front of you, and they're about to you know either end up in high schools, end up in museums, end up all over because you know you can go in a few different places here. Um, what would be some, some advice that you'd, you'd give this brand new cohort who is about to impact the world, so to speak? Get out now. No, um, <laughs> it's a you know it's a it's a great job, and you know just don't be afraid to ask questions. I think that's that's important. Yeah, and that's pretty much simple, isn't it? Ask questions, learn more, repeat. Yeah. Rinse and yeah. repeat. <laughs> That's it. Now, look, look, thank you very much for uh, taking the time this, this afternoon to have a bit of a chat. And um, look, all the best is, I mean, obviously, it's a bit of an unusual environment. I mean, yeah, you've got the year 12s just kicking off. But I mean, eventually, the, the schools will all be back and humming along again at some point. Uh, but in the meantime, I mean, this is a time, if it's quieter, to actually, you know, gather those resources, actually spend the time in those databases. Put them together. Yeah, absolutely, and just and work together and, and, and go from there. It's uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, thanks very much for your afternoon, and I hope you have a fantastic one. And I'll catch you soon. Thanks, Ben. It was great to talk, and we'll see you see you around the traps, no doubt. We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more. Well, there we go. We just heard from Margaret Croucher, who is a very passionate lab technician, very much so, and she does love supporting all sorts of students, especially our own students at LaSalle College. Uh, really, really fantastic person. And if you want to reach out, why not reach out to her on Twitter? Look up Croucher MCR. So C R O U C H E R M C R. So Croucher. 
MCR, and you'll find her on Twitter. Also, you can reach out to Asset New South Wales through their website, assetnewsouthwales.org.au, and uh, you can find out all about what they get up to. And also, if you want to go a bit further, check out cedar.edu.au, which is a Science Education Technicians Australia website too. Look, uh, thank you very much again for listening to this uh, podcast. And uh, as usual, we have more and more things coming up throughout the week. So we're winding up this year. We've, we've nearly almost finished, I must say. But uh, we do have some more chats coming up. So uh, I hope you have a fantastic time wherever it is. And I hope you're making your education awesome, fun, relevant for students and also safe as well, just like what Margaret was saying. So uh, listen, you've been listening to me, <laughs> Ben Newsom from Phys Education. And you've been listening to the Phys Ed Podcast. I will catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed Podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au